Down and Distance. Down and Distance. Down and Distance. On WGNRadio.com. Last year, let's go to Game 3 last year. 120 to 90. Cleveland by 30. LeBron went crazy. Kyrie went crazy. Can this Cavs team at home slow down this Golden State offense? It's the future, 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 future. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Down and Distance DAD Pod on Twitter, exclusively on WGNRadio.com. Jared Payton with you alongside my man Ernie Scadden. Shy voice man on Twitter. He's getting better at Twitter. We love that about oh, him. Yeah. And I'm at Peyton Sun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. About to break it down in these four downs, but we had to bring in some family. Um, some real family. Right? Legend. Right? We had to bring in the legend, man. So The creator. Yeah. Can we S- call him the creator? We can call him the creator. He's one of the creators, you know. I- I'll never forget when we when we created this, but he is a... Moved on to greener pastures, uh, doing big things, and a as he, brother. As well he should. As well he should. He was a part of JPS, the Jerry Payton Show, from Illinois Center for Broadcasting back in the day. Wow. Yeah. It's not Thursday. Yeah. I know it's not Throwback Thursday, but yeah, we had to bring him back. SD2 Mike's on Twitter. My man, Sean Davis, now with ESPN 1000. SD2 Mike's, man, what's popping? How you guys doing today? Man, we doing good, bro. We doing good. I'm trying to fill this seat, but I can't do it as well as you, Sean. Listen. Oh, come on, man. I can't, man. Like, I I can't. Don't put my my weight out there like that. See, you said that, not me. And if you see me, uh, we about the same. (laughs) Hey, listen. SD2 Mics, man, we're going to talk some NBA basketball and talk about the NBA Finals. And so this is the deal, man. Everybody was excited about the trilogy. You know, this is going to be three years in a row. We get a chance to see Golden State taking on the Cavs. And, you know, they they split the first two series. You know, Golden State got the first one. And then you got the Cavs winning last year. But now the new addition to this Golden State Warriors team with Kevin Durant. It's a different monster, man. And I think LeBron James is looking at this monster now and this beast going, listen, we cruised through the East, and we went through the East. We played well, but, and I think that's a big but, this is a whole new, different monster that we're seeing right now. And, and it's weird, Sean, because the Golden State Warriors coming into this court, you know, we knew what they were, but we didn't really know what the Cavs were, and I felt like the Cavs were more sporadic. And you could say that about the Warriors, too, if you want to. But when the, the series kicked off, we started to see what it was all about. And it's about Kevin Durant coming and being the player that everybody hoped that they would see. I mean, you could talk about a guy jumping ship and going to the team that beat him and all this other stuff. But if KD wasn't playing like he's playing now, do you think even though this Golden State team is winning, do you still think he would he would be getting a lot of grief if he wasn't playing lights out? Well, I think going into the series, we all expected KD to have the most pressure. The way he's performed, he's definitely risen to the occasion, shown that he's a clutch player. But he's he's allowed to play with a lot more freedom than Golden State. Or should I say he doesn't have as much pressure on him playing next to a two-time MVP, playing next to a Klay Thompson, and playing next to a guy that is the emotional leader in Draymond Green. He can go out there and do his job. He is a prolific scorer. Always has been four-time scoring champion in the National Basketball Association 
we know he's going to put up 30 points. That's not the question. The assist, because of the system and the people he's playing with. The help defense, because of the system and the team and the players that he's playing with, has kind of brought those things up. They might have been buried deep. We don't know why we didn't see them in Oklahoma City. Maybe it was the relationship or the doubt playing with Russell Westbrook that it brought into his game. But now it seems like everything within him has been freed up. And everything that he can do to win a championship, he's trying to do it. He's given that effort. And we can see the outcome with the first two games that he's uh, performed here in the NBA Finals. So, absolutely. He is the difference in this series. LeBron James, when asked in postgame, and I think he's getting tired of it, hearing the same question, what's the difference between this team last year and this year? He simply says, KD. That's the difference. He is the difference between the Golden State Warriors that we came back from three down, three one last year and beat, and this team that has us down two zero, playing at the most prolific pace in NBA Finals history. I mean, these games are like a throwback to the Showtime Lakers and the NBA of the '80s, early '90s, right before Pat Riley got to New York and slowed everything down with these hand check rules. Hey. But it's, it's great basketball to watch. I love watching this basketball regardless of the outcome. Listen, man, you, you like stumbled right into my next question. This is where I was going. You stumbled right into it last year. Let's go to game three last year. 120 to 90. That's what happened. Cleveland by 30. And there was no Kevin Love. LeBron went crazy. Kyrie went crazy. And they slow down the game. Can this Cavs team at home, being in the land, can they slow down this Golden State offense? The key to games three and four last year, even though the Cavs lost game four, they got out to big leads early, and they forced Golden State to play from behind. Golden State, and this is not meant as disrespect, Golden State is a front-running team. You say, well, what does that mean? You guys know NFL. There are great teams that can score. And if they get out in front, they make you have to change your offensive game plan against them. Most teams that go up against great scoring teams in any sport, they want to slow the pace. In football, they want to run the ball. Basketball, they want to get to the post, get to the free throw line, keep you out of transition. That's the game plan that everybody thinks will work well against Golden State. The only difference is when you have the prolific scores that they have on offense, how do you stop them from putting up 30 points in a quarter? It happened once. And in the second quarter, you saw the Cavs cut the lead to three going into halftime. And then next thing you know, in the third quarter, they're going in down 14 into the fourth quarter because Golden State just explodes. That's what they do. They're going to put up 30 points. So you have to go into this game saying, can we keep them on the 30 points? in quarters. If we can do that, then we can establish ourselves, but we have to jump out to a big lead early in the first quarter and make them speed up themselves. Now that sounds crazy because they love to play with pace, but no one wants to be sped up faster than what they're comfortable playing at. That's when you get the turnovers that we see from Golden State sometimes that will put Cleveland in transition get LeBron James, get Kyrie, the other players wide open threes. And now they're playing with that crowd. They're playing with their energy. They're playing with their emotions. And now they're forcing Golden State to get outside of themselves. They like to play fast, but no one wants to play too fast. 
I think that's what Cleveland wants to do in games three and four. They want to jump out to a big lead and force Golden State to go a little bit faster than even they want to go. See, Sean, I was gonna I was gonna go a different route and say I think Cleveland may need to slow down a little. I, I don't think they can keep up with Golden State like you were saying. I I don't think there's any way that they can score at the pace that Golden State has to score. They don't have enough firepower. And I don't think Kyrie has stepped up. I don't think Kyrie's playing like he was playing last year in these finals. Mm-hmm. Last year in these finals, Kyrie was out of his mind. He- yeah, Kyrie's been inconsistent the entire playoffs, if you really look at it. Mm-hmm. He's had maybe – he had that big game in game four against the Celtics. Of course, they dropped the third game on the uh, big three by Avery Bradley. LeBron gets four fouls in game four early, and Kyrie just goes off late second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, and the Cavs never looked back in that series after that game. And he had the same type of game in Toronto where he had a 30-point game, I believe, at home. But he hasn't consistently put up the same type of game and performances that he put up in the NBA Finals last year. But we have to look at this. Kyrie struggled the first two games last year. And from that point on, he averaged 30 in the NBA Finals. So definitely Cleveland is looking for the same repeat performance from Kyrie moving forward in this series. Golden State's a different beast this year. It's Oh, absolutely. And to go back to your point, Ernie, what you were saying, absolutely, you want to slow them down. But the principles are the same no matter what. Golden State wants to play fast. We get that. But no one wants to be rushed. Even in them, even in their system and playing fast, there is a pace that they're comfortable at. If you can make them uncomfortable, where they're coming down taking quick threes, that's not their game. Where they're coming down trying to make spectacular plays, Steph Curry, he can fall into a, a trap where he'll start doing behind-the-back passes, just going faster than what they really need to go. He'll turn the ball over six, seven times. The one thing he said after game two in his press conference, I had a great game, I had a triple-double, but I'm looking at this eight on the stat sheet, and I don't like it. What's that eight? That eight is eight turnovers. Eight turnovers in Oracle? Uh, you might be able to overcome that. Eight turnovers at Quicken Loans in that arena right. with that home court advantage Can't might be a different that. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough, man, to see, you know, what teams are going to have to deal with. And we'll talk about that in a second. But defensively, Sean, um, this Cavs team has been a flawed team defensively all season. Uh, they finished 22nd in the league in uh, defense in the regular season. So how defensively, it, it, what did they have to do defensively? to be able to to do that. I mean, because you talk about get out and make them feel uncomfortable, but defensively you still got to get back and guard guys. And how, how do they do that defensively and and make these guys force them to take bad shots? Because I feel like in, if you win game one and game two, you feel yourself a yeah. little bit. You do. You feel yourself a little bit. And I think when you were talking about which makes sense is about guys like Kyrie making them do things that they're not accustomed to doing, like behind-the-back passes. And maybe you get comfortable – because you feel like, man, the series is going. I mean, going to be over. We're playing so well, but I, sometimes you have to look at history as well. And I, mean, I think you have to go back to last year. And I think maybe on their minds, they're a little bit more conscious of playing their brand of basketball instead of trying to get outside of themselves. And, yeah. and you're trying to do that to a team that's uh, that that right now looks pretty sound. 
Man, the first thing I do is I uh, send a duffel bag to all of the Quicken Loans Arena <laughs> workers <laughs> to make sure they tighten the rims just a little bit more. <laughs> Golden State is going to be shooting in the uh, first and third quarters because that's when Golden State really jumps on you. And then next, I'm going to pray really hard. I'm going to have a prayer visual in the locker room at about 430 with team execs, players, everybody, that Golden State just misses shots. I mean, because really when you look at this team, this this Golden State Warriors team is amazing, epic, historical. Sean, I was just looking. They are deep. Yeah, okay, 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 hold up, hold up. I get it. They're deep. But let, let's go back to – I want to go back to the Cavs, though, Sean, because this is – it comes back to them. Where you look at how deep that, that Warriors team is, do you think this is a different outcome if Tristan Thompson's playing better, if, if you know, you're getting, you know, three-point shots? I mean, you're looking at three-point shooters that are having a bad stretch like Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith. They can't – these guys aren't hitting threes. And, listen, when you have a team that – can hit threes and comes down on fast break and hit threes and you come back down either get two or you're turning the ball over you find yourself down by like 12 real quick yeah i'm I'm very i'm that's why i'm interested in what tyron lou who has been very close to the best about changes that he's considering he did say jr smith is going to start game three he never thought about that but the x's and o's his adjustments i'm very interested in what he does defensively and offensively Tristan Thompson is the kryptonite to Golden State. The one thing they can't handle, if you go back and look at the first half of that San Antonio Spurs series where they were down 25 points, it was was Kawhi dominating the matchup against Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, once I think once Kawhi went out, Kevin Durant scored like 19 points. So it was very clear that in that matchup, Kawhi was winning that matchup in game one. He was neutralizing KD. And the combination of Aldridge and Gasol in that first half had something like 12 offensive rebounds. It was crazy. I think the rest of the team contributed to that as well. But they were dominating the paint, getting to the free throw line. All the things that, Ernie, you talked about it, that causes the pace in game to slow down. Control the paint. Muddy it up. Hit the board. Muck it up, get to the free throw line. San Antonio could do that. Tristan Thompson is the only person that can really control the paint, which he did, not just last year, but if you go back to the previous year when LeBron didn't have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, he did it with Timothy Timothy Mosgoff. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe I just uttered the name right. Moscow. Right. It's all good. It's all good, Timmy, bro. But that's how they stayed. That's how they stayed in that series and eventually pushed it to six without their two, two of the three best players because they mucked it up. They got physical. They got to the right. free throw line. They slowed the pace somehow, some way. They're going to have to do the same thing. I don't know what yes. they what they can do, how they can do it. Maybe LeBron James takes Kevin Durant to the post early mm. to get physical with him. Can we throw punch it, oh, oh, real, real quick, real quick, though, uh, Sean, isn't that pretty similar to what happened two years ago with no love and no Kyrie for, with LeBron? LeBron to yeah, go to the post. To, to the post, and he's so dominant. And he's, he's unstoppable. Yeah, and I, you're, I remember that just watching, thinking about, man, this is – you add – I mean, he's always had it in his repertoire, right? But it, you, 
he's so he can be all over the board because he can do everything. But I, I feel like he doesn't use that part of his game enough. Maybe that's where it needs to come into play is to and when you talk about game three is I'm with you guys. The only way they get a chance to win a game in this series is they got to get back to old fashioned basketball. They got they got to be physical. It's got to be tough basketball. It's got to be old school branded basketball if they want to get a chance to be able to win. And I think that it's 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 there. LeBron James did make a statement though, Sean. He someone asked him today about, you know, did he feel tired? And and he had to answer questions about being tired. Garden KD does it take a toll on you? I look tired. I don't know people's no, that people. to me when, you know, no. that's the question I've been answering. Nah, I feel radio great. Shows. <laughs> I'm averaging a triple-double in the finals. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty good, I, I would think. So he says he's not tired. He talks about, you know, his tri- averaging a triple-double. I can understand that. But there was clearly a time in that game when he went to the bench, not only did he look tired, he looked like – I. I can't keep doing this by myself. He looked, I need some help. That's what I was going to say. He looked like he needed help. Dude, I like I need help. Like I'm doing everything I can. Dude, I need help. It's like when you when you when you walk up to like one of those uh, a shoe store and everybody's out there trying to get Jays and you think that you're going to get there early enough to get like a prime spot, but you see the line is already around the corner and you like, "Dang." Knew I should have got here a lot earlier. That's how he looked, man. That's how he yeah, looked. It, it goes back to comfort level, right? Comfort level. This is why, for me, LeBron James is still the best player in the world because the impact he has on any franchise he goes to, they immediately will become a contender. Immediately because of what he does. He impacts every area. And he has to do, even with two other stars, he has to do everything in every area for that team to win. That's crazy. Kevin Durant doesn't have that pressure. Kevin Durant's only thing is to help defense, help with your length at the rim, and score. That's it. Score, help defense. That's all you have to do. LeBron literally has to do Everything. You want him to control the pace. You want him to get Kyrie going. You want him to defend KD. You want him to post up, get to the free throw line, score points, get wide open looks for the three-point shooters. This is this is what he has to do just to have a chance to win. If KD doesn't score 30, Golden State will probably still be in the game. It's not the same for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's not the same for LeBron James. So, when he came off in the third quarter, he looked like he still had his infant lungs. Like he just did yeah. not have enough air in his body. Yeah. He, 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 looked- and he was trying to find it. He looked like James Harrison after that 99-yard return in the Super Bowl. He, Leon he, Lett trucking into the end zone. Absolutely. <laughs> With the BB catching him from behind. Right, 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 right. Just, just running out of like gas. Absolutely nothing left. And that was in the third quarter. But once again, it goes back to the pace, what we're talking about, yeah. pace. You can play fast. I believe it's John Wooden. He said, play fast, but don't be rushed. There is a difference. Absolutely. Can we finally call Kyle Kyle Korver what he is? Non-playoff player? He never seems to be able to, to give the help that he's there for. He's there to shoot threes. You're there to pull that defense out. You're there to open it up, and he can't do that. 
like LeBron, I, we just said it. He's not getting the help, but he's really not. Golden State goes so deep. They keep throwing waves and waves of people. That's all, that's all Kerr has to do is just throw waves of people at LeBron because he figures, and not even at LeBron, at the rest of the Cavs. If you let LeBron do his thing and you shut down Kyrie and you, you, can, you, know, you keep Kevin Love under control, you're going to win that game. He, LeBron needs another person to, to show up, and Kyle Korver's not helping at all. On paper, I would say the Cavaliers are deep. I would say that on paper. Here's the difference. In this era, especially with the evolution of the NBA and where it is today, Golden State has done a great job of building depth athletically. They're not just deep with specialists. They're deep athletically. Defensively, you can switch. You can play three or four positions. Everybody can do that. So the defense doesn't drop off when you go to the bench. That leads to the offense. That gets them in transition. That gets them to their pace. They've built their team to be ahead, light years ahead of what everybody else in the NBA and has on their roster and how they're building their roster. Everybody else is trying to build specialists around their best players, a la Steve Kerr around Michael Jordan, John Paxson around Michael Jordan. It's no longer the 90s. You have to be athletic at just about every position so that you can play defensively effectively, and then you can get to your pace and your offense and spread the floor. Man, shout-out to the Golden State Warriors. For the, for that purpose and that plan, they are light years ahead of everybody else. But also, shout-out to Steve Kerr yesterday who was asking the press conference, how do you get or how did you get this roster to focus on defense? And he said, I didn't. Mark Jackson did. I thought that was very classy. Steve oh, wow, that is. That, that is Jackson. huge because Mark Jackson did have that team turn a corner. Yeah. He was with Absolutely. them when they turned that corner and became and started to become what they are now. So, And, so and I don't like how – Yeah, go, he was the one that inserted Draymond Green in the starting lineup and took David Lee out. Right. I just don't yeah, like how he gets – The team moved forward, yeah. Yeah, he gets no credit whatsoever, and he's almost, he's almost vilified. And I, I didn't love him as a coach, but – he did a lot for that organization, that oh, franchise. I agree. <laughs> I want to get both of your guys' take. I want to know what you think about everybody now watching this Golden State team. And I hear a lot of people that that are Cavs fans, that are either NBA fans over the last, I don't know, two weeks, Sean, Ernie, about upset about – oh, this is not fair. The NBA's got to do something about this and not having these super teams. And Listen, I want to know how you guys feel about it because it, 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 people are acting like this is the first time it's been done. Yeah, this, nah, is not, this is not the first time this has been done. Weren't the, weren't the Celtics a, a, a super team I mean, way back? Weren't the Lakers I, super teams? I mean, I, I mean, come on now, right? At Sean? one point, the Lakers had, the Lakers had magic, magic, worthy, Kareem? Kareem, come on now, Michael Cooper. I, I mean, mean, those are four Hall of Famers let's, right let's there. Not, let's not so talk about like this is just something that's happening. And 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 Sean, you could talk about this. I know because it's times are different. And you were just making you know that statement about how it's not the '90s. It's totally different. Things have changed. And I think one of the things that really has changed the way that we look at, especially in basketball, is. AAU and how these guys are super friends from a young age who they might not be in the same school, but they play AAU basketball. They play against each other at tournaments with one another. They become friends. 
and a guy wants to have the option, his his option to play wherever he wants to, and With then he gets he and then he gets drugged down in in the mud because he goes to a team where he wants to go, and now everybody's like, oh, this is unfair. Listen, it, to me, this has been done before, and I feel like people are overblowing the situation. The way fans look at this, it's amazing to me because fans are very happy with the super teams of the past because it was the owners. It was a Red Arbach. It was a um, Dr. Jerry Buss maneuvering, being shrewd in how he handles business, building these super teams. They were fine with that. Once the players got the magic wand and they were able to decide how they would create these teams and who they would play with, then all of a sudden it became a problem. And then it became a question of players not wanting to compete. And I think that's totally unfair to this generation of NBA players. I very much believe they still love to compete against one another. But I will say this, there's a difference. You know, principles are one thing. Everyone can have principles. Everyone can know principles. The question is, do you place value upon those principles? I will say this. I think the value placed upon playing against other great players is not the same as it was. doesn't mean that players don't want to compete. They just don't place as much value on that because times have changed and because the dynamics of the business of the NBA has changed. So with all of that being said, I think a lot of players now fear because of social media, because of the way the fans talk and the emphasis that fans and media put on, quote-unquote, titles to your legacy. Now I believe players come into the league saying, look, I don't want to be the next Charles Barkley. I don't want to be a Hall of Fame top five, top ten player that gets disrespected for the rest of my life because I don't, quote-unquote, have a title. So the first opportunity that I get to solidify my chances of winning the NBA title, I'm going to take that chance because the business of the NBA affords me that opportunity. And I'll just go ahead. I'll make money on the front end and sacrifice money on the back end to go ahead and make that happen. We saw LeBron James do it, who out of the triumvirate down in Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, I believe it was LeBron James that made the least money. You are correct. He made that sacrifice. You are correct. He's not making that sacrifice anymore in Cleveland. That's why, you know, I, I never really had a problem with these guys uh, sacrificing. And let, let's let's put the little air quotes up. Sacrificing you know, a, a million dollars to go play with what they right, wanted. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. sacrificing. Here's my thing. Let's, and I know this will never happen. Everyone is listening. This will never happen. This is what I suggest. Cut 10 teams out of the NBA make them all super teams. You can't do that. Why not? Why can't I? Please, Sean. Can I please? Can I get? Can I get rid of Memphis? Can I get rid of? Can I get rid of Canada? Can I please? Just let's let's just make this what it really should be. Let's get the best players. You want to get rid of Canada? Yeah, I want to get rid of Canada. I got ties there, bro. Uh, Untie that string, buddy. You ain't been there in a long time. When was the last time you crossed that border? Uh, You don't like years ago? Long? Wait, what'd you say, Sean? You don't like Jurassic Park? Nah, man, I gotta go. Outside man. the arena, that's a cool, that's a cool venue. It is a cool venue, <sighs> man. I mean, and and the one Toronto of the and, hey, ho- and hold up, Sean, Sean, we got it. That's being run correctly, in my opinion. When I look at how they've drafted and how they've gotten players like right. Al Lowry, that yeah, we'll take those owners up on and develop. 
We'll take those owners and give them a team here in the United States. Let's stop. Let's stop the crossing of the border. It's our game. No, I'm just playing. That's going to come off wrong. I'm just playing. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I am serious with the let's cut a ton of teams out and make all super teams. How how would you enjoy seeing something like that, Sean, where all the teams are – no one's ever going to be all equal, but there are three to four stars on every team. In a perfect world, I would probably say we have four to six too many teams in the NBA. Agreed. Four to six. Agreed. I wouldn't go any further than that. Four to six. If you took away, let's see. If you took away four teams, I'm not going to give any four teams. I don't want to be disrespectful in that matter. But <laughs> yeah, if you subtracted four teams and allowed those players to be filtered to the other teams, the other rosters, I think, yeah, the play and the, level, the playing field would be leveled off a little bit more. But in the NBA, it really doesn't matter because it still comes down to, look, in the last 20 years, for the majority of the time, I saw Shaq, Kobe, LeBron, and Michael Jordan win championships. It still comes down to do you have one of the top three players in the world on your roster? That's the league. That's the history of the league. That's the way it's gone. That's the way it's going to continue to go. This new Supermax to try and entice players to stay with their teams, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Players will continue to sacrifice to have control. They have control. I don't think they ever want to let it go. I look. I, I agree with you, though, Sean. When you think about uh, Toronto and what they've been able to do, I mean, that's one of the the better teams in the East, and we know the East is still uh, far behind. When you look at what's going on in the West, um, you know, I think it's just, I just I just think it's difficult. Let me ask man. you guys a question. Let yeah. me ask you guys a question. This is something, and fans can respond to this as well. The Warriors. Steph is going to resign. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think KD probably opts out. Takes really? Money. Yeah, because they he's 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 mentioned that the possibilities of that. I think they want to stay together. They want to try to win three championships in a row and be an epic, iconic team. Moving forward, this is my question: When LeBron sees this. What do you think LeBron's response is going to be? Because let's say LeBron gets swept or he loses in five this year. He's not going to take that line down. He's constructed a team before. If he sees the team that he has now is not going to be good enough, do we see a Kevin Love move? Oh, I think he's gone anyway. I think think even if they win, I think he moves. Dare not say, do we see a Kyrie Irving move? But Paul, I mean, these are things, these are things that you have to look at the mind of LeBron James and say, what is he going to be thinking? Looking at this team in the West, the Golden State Warriors for the next three years, if he wants to get back on top, who is he looking to go get? That, to me, is going to be the greatest question over the summer. Because LeBron is going to respond. He's going to respond. You do understand that we, we're talking about LeBron like he owns this team. And it's, it's scary, he, Sam, he because is. he does own this team. No, he's, you he, said it, I didn't. Yeah, but it's it, true. Didn't. We just had a conversation for two minutes about what LeBron is going to do in the offseason to make this team better. We, okay. We've forgotten all about everybody else, what LeBron's going to do. And it's true. Sean, you're correct. What LeBron wants, LeBron's going to get. Imagine if the Bulls would have been like this with Michael. Oh, man. The- or, or, 
or let's not even let's not even say Cleveland. LeBron is on a one year deal. Ooh. LeBron has been doing one year deals. People forget this. Could he wind up in Golden State? <laughs> so if so if he sees no, I'm just saying. If he sees it's not enough. What he, we have is not enough. Does he construct a deal to get himself somewhere else? Where does he go? I don't think he ever goes to Boston. I don't think he would ever go to Boston. What about L.A.? L.A. could might be a spot. To, might, he, might he go to the Lakers? What about Minnesota? Might Magic, can Magic Johnson get in his ear? Oh, definitely. I think Magic could be in his ear real quick, and it's L.A. Chris Paul. Think about this. Chris Paul. Ooh, clips. Chris Paul. Let me tease Bulls fans. No, right I, was, I was just about to let say tease, it. Let me tease, tease Bulls fans right quick. All right? Let's say Dwayne Wade opts out. Right, the, the the banana boat crew they have a vacation. Dwayne Wade opts out. That's twenty two million. They don't resign Rondo. That's another twelve to fifteen million. Right? They don't resign Miritich. They empty out the roster. A la Pat Riley did right after that season, going into the off season. And now you have Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade was already here, and LeBron James, <laughs> all free agents at the same time. You're getting me excited over here, buddy. Talking to each other. I'm just saying, LeBron, the mind of LeBron James, he, he's competing right now, and if the outcome does not go his way, he's going to find a way to get more athletic, to get younger, and to build a squad that can go up against that team. So LeBron's basically looking for a franchise that can absorb three max deals and put enough other garbage around them to compete. Don't you? And I, hey, hey, I'm in. Players are never going to give control back. This is why this man who has made money on the front end with endorsements, movies, investments, this man owns is a partial owner of a European soccer team. I mean, he does movies. He does series on stars. This, he's good financially. Yeah. His children are good. Dude, don't get me excited, man. <laughs> He has the power to decide his legacy. And I don't believe that his legacy is stuck in Cleveland. I just don't. I don't think so either. Before, he brought the title there. If Cleveland cannot give him the roster that he needs, I clearly believe that he will opt out and go ahead and find a roster that can win championships. Because at this point, that's what he's about. He's about winning. Would Mike give him 23, let him wear 23? Nah, they, they ain't happening. Come on, man. I, I think it would be cool. Mike comes back and allows, Mike, uh, allows LeBron to wear 23. Only you know two what? Grand. That's a great – that's a great – you know what? I say no. This is why I say no. It has nothing to do with Mike. Think about this, fella. This city was almost ready to burn – fans are ready to burn this city down. Because Michael Carter Williams wanted to wear number one. Oh yeah, so it'd be. It'd, Think it'd, about that. I don't care how great LeBron James is. If he thought about wearing twenty three, it'd be over. I just don't see the fan base standing. What if Mike it's came out and said, "I want LeBron still, to wear"? It still would. I, I still don't think nah, it would go nah. over. No, nah, I, I just don't it, think yeah. fans would let it let it ride. They would. I think. Yeah, fans wouldn't ride with that. Yeah. I, so he might he might have to go back to the Miami six, six. yeah he might have to because I just don't see him being able to rock twenty three here in Chicago 
And I'm sorry to give, you know, false hope. Yeah, I know, because now everyone's like, oh, my, somebody just tuned in right now was like, oh, my God, they're talking about LeBron in Chicago. So now he's calling his buddy who's going to text his friend and then tweet his buddy. Absolutely. And in about 12 hours, there's going to be a rumor running around Chicago that LeBron is thinking about bringing people to Chicago, and we'll have started it. And I hope everybody, we get a bunch of shares on this uh, yeah, podcast. We'll have started. That's all I'm hoping for. LeBron James to Chicago, people. You heard it here first. Man, think about it. Just using Chicago as an example. The only question is, can the front office be as genius as Pat Riley was to set it up for it to happen? Well, here, conspiracy theory. What if this is what Dwayne Wade was thinking all along? Mm. What if if Dwayne Wade was like, you know what? In two years, Chicago, we could, we could, we, LeBron, Bron, you come on down, me, Jimmy, you, we'll go out, get Chris or somebody, you know, and pick up a couple people. Let's roll. Dwayne's at home. The key to I mean, all of this, the key to all of this, because D Wade and LeBron James, they control everything. They've both won championships, financially stable. They're good. The domino that needs to fall is Chris Paul. That's the domino that needs to fall. He's the one that needs the championship. He's the one that needs to decide to turn down the supermax money in Los Angeles. Great base. His family's there. They love it. He's the one that has to make the decision, hey, I'm going to go to Cleveland, or hey, I'm going to go to Chicago, or hey, I'm going to go to San Antonio, or wherever it is that he feels like could give him the better chance to win a championship. Because it's definitely not with the Clippers. I feel very comfortable saying that right now. He's not winning the championship with the Clippers. They need to blow that up. They need to blow that up, man. Yeah, they're stuck in well, the Blake, I think Blake Griffin's gone. He's a free agent. Yeah. So I think that's the first piece. I mean, would LeBron dare sign with the Clippers? I don't know. I mean, I think LeBron wants to stay in the East. Yeah, I think he enjoys the – I think he's so, an East Coast guy. Yeah, so he would have to entice. Look, once again, I hate teasing Bulls fans. I'm right with you, though. I'm hey, right with you. That banana boat crew is going to meet up sometime in July with their wives. And you know, their power moves. Well, I, I think one of the first clues, if something like that, and again, fans, we're just yapping. But if Dwayne Wade takes the, you know, stays here, then you got to think something's up, well, or I mean, something could mo- possibly be up. First of all, the money. No, no, no. Too no good the first, you. actually, the first clue, the first clue would be if he opts out. Oh, so he frees the money and then he comes. Ah, I got you. I got you. If he's opting out, then he's freeing up the money for something to happen. And then they just start. The whacking only way people. he opts out, and think the only way he opts out is if he's going to be with LeBron. That's the only way he walks away from twenty-two million. I got you. You're he's right. He's not walking away from twenty-two million mm-hmm. unless he is planning to play with his guys. That's a clear sign that something's up. All right. Listen, I Dizzle, man. Listen, I'm not paying you for. This podcast, and you gave people way too much, Way too man. much. He's so You gave good. people like 40 minutes, and I, I don't want you to give them any more. But before I let you go, we appreciate your time, man. You are one of the best in the business, and you are a part of this family no matter where you are. And we just want to thank you for jumping on with us and giving us some knowledge. I think you gave the people a little bit too much, but uh, that's what we do here. <laughs> got to pay for that stuff. On Down at Distance. You better know you got to pay for it. This dude, Sean, ain't, he ain't free. He ain't free, man. Hey, that's why they call me Two Mics. <laughs> two Mics! <laughs>
Hey, SD2 Mike's on Twitter. Follow him, please, if you want to see him just turn into Twitter gangster, go after somebody, or just give you that knowledge and them nuggets on Twitter. He is one of the great people to follow in the Twitter sphere. Sean, we appreciate your time, man. We'll definitely talk to you soon, man. Hey, love you, bros, man. Hey, let me hijack your uh, outro for a second. Can I do that? All right, go ahead. Sake? Go ahead. Yo, SE2 Mics with my guys, Ernie Scott and Jared Payton right here on Down and Distance. We were here, but now we're gone. Peace. Peace.